0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فعود بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تلك الدار الآخرة نجعلها للذين لا يريدون حروة في الأرض ولا فسادا والعاقبة للمتقين the people of الله the this very concise hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam Allah's Mabee sallallahu wa sallam has mentioned three things and all these three things that I mentioned here are aspects that defy human logic all the aspects that sallallahu wa sallam is describing to us go against what our eyes can see for itself And what we can perceive. So it defies human logic. It goes against what we can see with our eyes. So then, what is left? But that is where the lesson is that our faith and Imam is not in the seen, it is in the unseen. Right at the beginning, the Paranjay. Surah Fatiha is completed and in Surah Fatiha a person asks Allah Ta'ala and begs him for Hidayat for guidance. <inaudible> and this dua, a person cannot pass his day without making this dua because he has to perform his salah and without Surah Al-Fatiha that salah, that salah won't be complete and in Surah Al-Fatiha he has to make this dua. So every day, numerous times a day, he's begging Allah Ta'ala for his hidayah and guidance. So in response to that, Allah Ta'ala says, there's the whole Qur'an Sharif for your guidance. And he starts off reciting the Qur'an Sharif. al-Kitabul <whisper> Surah Al-Baqarah And immediately Allah Ta'ala says, That this Qur'an is guidance for the muttaqeen, for those who have fear of Allah Ta'ala. And the first quality of these people, the foundation of their imam, that basis on which everything else will exist, and remove that and everything else will crumble. The very first thing Allah mentions about these people is that they are those people who have imam and belief in the unseen. They will reject what their eyes can see if Allah wa Ta'ala has said that the reality is something else. They will negate what their eyes can see if Nabi said that the reality is something besides what you are seeing. And this is the fundamental aspect in our imam, in our belief, belief in the unseen. So science may say something, technology may say something, the whole world may say something, but if Allah is Rabi's thousand has said something else, then that is what we would believe. In any case, this hadith of Rabi's thousand, Allah's Rabi's thousand gives us three things. First thing Rabi's thousand says, Ma naqasat sadaqatun min ma'li. That sadaqah, charity, never decreases wealth. Now, this is where the test of iman comes. That a person has a thousand rams. And he's given away a hundred rams, and he's counting it numerous times. He's putting it in the counting machine as well, and it's telling him nine hundred. There was a thousand, and now it's hundred less. His eyes can see hundred less. His fingers are counting hundred less. The machine is telling him hundred less. But maybe this is saying that that money hasn't decreased. Where is this amount going to be? That is a test. And on the other side, Allah wa ta'ala says يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ wa وَيُرْبِ Sadahat." The same lesson in this ayat again, but one additional aspect. Allah ta'ala says, Ma اللَّهُ riba. Allah ta'ala approves riba and interest. Approves, when a person talks about, for example, demolishing. So demolishing, maybe the roof will collapse, the walls will fall, but you still see the floor maybe, the foundation will still be in place. But you talk about uprooting. You say you cut down the tree, but the person will still probably imagine that the trunk is still standing there. The roots are still in the ground. But you see, uprooted the tree. There's no sign of it left. Every last bit of it is gone. This is the word that Allah uses, اللَّهُ الربى. Allah Ta'ala uproots interest. The output will seem a lot. That's coming. Here again is the test of iman. The person had a thousand. He gave it as a loan, and he came back with a hundred extra. Now his eyes can see eleven hundred. He's putting it in the counting machine. It's telling him eleven hundred. He's calling all his friends and family, counting and telling me how much is here. And everybody is saying it's eleven hundred, but Allah is saying it has a few components. This is the test of iman. What does he believe in? Now, will he just give it some kind of fancy name, just twist it and turn it in some way to legalize it, to legitimize it, and say, well, this is his prophet. Well, he may play whatever gymnastics, mental gymnastics he wishes, but Allah is saying that if it is the reality of his interest, Allah will approach it. And many a person unfortunately tasted the bitter consequences of this approaching. And if it didn't happen in his lifetime, then unfortunately he's got to suffer it. So this is the first lesson that Allah is giving us, Nabi is giving us, that don't believe in what your eyes can see all the time, believe in what Allah and his Nabi S.W.T. do. يَمْحَقُ riba Allah ta'ala causes these sadaqat and charities to increase the world. So this mindset has to be there in every moment about these concepts that Allah is speaking about. That riba taboo. won't have any kind of interest in it. You won't have any kind of inclination towards it. And out of necessity, out of sheer necessity, you will have to perhaps use the banks. It will be like a person using the toilet. Like a person has to use the toilet out of necessity, person has got no choice in the current scene. To conduct his business, etc., to keep his money, to move it from one point to the other, to make his payments, to receive his money, and so on. So he will use it out of sheer necessity because the system has become such. But he will not touch one cent of interest, he will not pay one cent of interest, and he will regard this like no other thing like a toilet. Many a person sometimes, with some degree of pride, says that I want a terrific contact with the bank manager. But what is the difference between that and somebody saying that I have got an excellent contact with the owner of the pig farm? If a person does have some kind of contact me, he's he is not going to say it anyway. Because he regards that as something unclean, something detestable, something not to even bring on the tongue. What is the difference between that and interest? And yet, to some degree of pride, person Says, I have this kind of contact, and if I pick up the phone, then the bank manager will run from say So, this is not something to be proud about, that is no different than like using a toilet. This is the mindset the Quran is asking us to create. That this is something to be detested, to be hated. And sadaqat, charity, is something that Allah is saying, or you will be sadaqat. Allah causes the sadaqat to increase. And the reason is saying That sadaqah never decreases life. And the hadith, the, says, also, the says That sadaqah causes the anger of to be cooled. This is figuratively speaking meaning the azab is good health. And it prevents a bad death. In other words, this is a good, glad tiding that a person who sincerely spends in the cause of deen on the poor or the needy. This is a glad tiding of inshallah you have a death of Iman. So one is that amount of charity which we call zakat, which is compulsory? Over and above that, charity is a very wide concept. But in terms of monetary charity, as much as a person can, to spend on the less fortunate servants of Allah, wa ta'ala. this is something that is a very great act and something very, very highly emphasized in the Sharia. And the first people that are deserving of this, the peace says the saints, and when it is time for you to now spend, then start off with those who are closest to you. Many a times, a person will spend, off, spend in far-off places. There very good Alhamdulillah. But his own kid and kin, sometimes I am dire need. But he overlooks those who are closest to him and sees to the needs of those who are far away from him will he rewarded really for that as well. But Nabi is saying that the greatest reward is for those who are closest to him. That is the first avenue of charities. And sometimes we feel very happy about ourselves that we spend something alhamdulillah, whatever we spend. But the question is that how much more could we have spent? No harm in the halal that that a person enjoys. Allah kalah, has blessed a person with halal wealth and he has a comfortable lifestyle, alhamdulillah, no problem with that. Provided it doesn't create pride in a person, he's not doing it to live up to others expectations to just show off to others to just uh, buy with the Joneses as they say if that's not his objective he is using it for the sake of making himself a little bit more comfortable no problem, no problem. but if you just cut out the wastage how many more people will have a plate of food to eat if we just cut out the wastage for example in our weddings it's the wastage just the deco that is going to be torn down and thrown away. But just to impress those who are gathered that this is the style that I adopted. If just that deco was saved, how many poor persons' daughters would have got married in that, in that saving alone? And how much of a bigger judgment that would require for us? If we just cut all this wastage alone, many people won't go bed, to bed hungry. And many a person who can't get his daughter married. Or many a person who wants to get have big nikah. But this doesn't have the basic means. Somebody else's wasted would have taken care of that need.
1: So in any case, this
0: is the first lesson that this person gives us. Ma min There are many, many virtues. There's a very there's an excellent book called al Sadaqat, Virtues of Charity, by the of Hadith Mahaza Tirasatulade. This is a must that we should be reading and undertaking an in-depth study of this, reading it to our families, which will bring to us the reality of what Sadaqah is, and what life is all about. And what we have to do to make our real life, the the life of the young after, how to make that life for ourselves, this kitab is a must. In any case, the second aspect that Nisar also mentions, as we said, all these things defy our logic. But this is what teaches us imam in the unseen. Nabi s.a.w. says مَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا وِعَفْنِ إِلَّا Izza. Allah Ta'ala increases a person's izzat and honor and respect by means of forgiveness. In other words, a person who has adopted an attitude that he forgives and forgets, he is ready to overlooked. Now outwardly, it seems that he has been lowered. Many a times a person wants to take revenge. Why he wants to take revenge? Because I was put down. This person needs to be shown a point that he thought he was messing around with just anybody and everybody. So now I felt that my honor was was degraded. I was belittled. I'm now in a lower position. And if I just forgive and overlook this thing, then I will remain down. The Nabi is saying, a person who forgives, Allah Ta'ala increases his izzat and honor. Now here again is the test of Iman. What do we believe in? We believe in what we think, or Allah's Allah is saying to us? And those who have this heart, they have a life of happiness also. What is something that is recoverable? There are some recoverable rights. Somebody has owing us money, for example, some other recoverable rights, then you are entitled to pursue it. Nobody is saying you're obligated to forgive that, but you pursue it in a dignified manner, pursue it within the limits of shahia and deen pursue it with akhlaq, no harm in that. Though the higher level is to forgive what you can. But when there isn't something recoverable, somebody abused us verbally, somebody said something demeaning. Somebody probably spoke ill about us behind our back and we came to know about it. Now we carry this baggage and walk around. Now one day we heard somebody said this to us, the next day somebody said that to us, and we keep loading all this baggage on our head. At the end of the day, we are the ones that get crushed under this baggage. And those who made all those comments, they forgot about it, they're walking around happily. And we carry all this baggage and walking around with the grief. What benefit did it do to us? And the person who forgives and overlooks, he is already at peace in dunya, because he, he will be upset for that moment, for that hour, for that day, but then he, he got away, like anyone, on my friend. And that is in this dunya, he already gets at peace. In the Akhirat, the person says, the day of Qayamat, there will be a caller that will call out that where are those people who have a right on Allah? Tada. Who can have a right on Allah? Tada? Allah tada is our Creator, our Sustainer, our Nourisher. Can we have any right on Allah? Tada? This is an expression to say that this person is going to be given a very special status and position and reward. And that special position and status is that he gets direct empty into heaven. The sixth says, That when this particular call will remain on the day of Ta'ama. Where is that person, or who are those people who have a right on Allah? Nobody else would be able to stand on that call except that person who forgave in this world. Somebody who had the heart to forgive, he'd be able to respond to that call. I have a right. In reality, there's no right, it's still a gift from Allah. Because Aisha Siddiqah was once put into a very, very trying situation time is already running out, the incident is very lengthy, but it is known as the incident of ifk When A'udzubillah she was slandered, the lengthy incident, one month no wahi had come in regard to this issue. Allah is totally uh, in this grief about what is going on, the munafiqeen and hypocrites have slandered her, and the reality is not becoming a parent who he believes something in his heart, but there is no clear at evidence. And now this rumor, this slander has spread. What difficulty does this bring on a person? As Bakr, what does it do to him as a father? As Aisha tell herself, when she hears that this is the rumor spreading about me, she falls unconscious. She cannot eat one morsel. She cannot sleep one blink of an eye. And the rest of that time, until that Wahi comes, she spends in crying. Look at this whole scene. And eventually the wahi comes, the Qur'an for the entire ruku is revealed. Explaining the honor and chastity of the Aisha. And yet in this time and age, you find people who are still bent on casting slurs against her, making comments against her. These people should understand that they are where they stand in position to the Qur'an Allah will reveal the entire ruku explaining her honor, her chastity, her position. Now that the wahi became clear, those who were involved in that rumor, and in that slander, they were even punished. One of the people that got unwittingly caught into it, he was an innocent Sahabi, a sincere Sahabi, al-Hassan al An, And he somehow, as happens unfortunately, that sometimes we do this kind of thing, we heard something, we don't have any idea what the reality is, but we say, send to all. <laughs> and in one moment, we have sent that message out to hundreds of people, sent to all, we have become guilty of sometimes five hundred slanders by the press of one button. Because we want to get involved in just passing on something. Anything that comes past us, get on. In any case, the issue now was is cleared. Hassan also was punished. But time went gone. Now what kind of pain has Mr. Aisha had to go through all this as a result of this slumber? Sometime later, after the Salaam had passed away, once somebody came, Hassan came, and from behind the parda he was, seated there, people used to come, they used to inquire about some aspects of me, from Mr. Aisha, so he in any case gave the order to whoever was responsible that made sure he is seated for the respect, he served with respect, so somebody objected to this. The same person, you want to respect and honor him. You forgot what he did to you. And what is this? Aisha's response to this? Immediately she says, and not forgetting the background of all this, that what kind of pain she had to undergo, and he was part of that. Unwittingly, but he became part of it. She immediately responds, Inna Hu Kalla Sallallahu that he used to defend the bestows and with this poetry, when the mushrikeen would say things against Nadista, he would compose poetry in the honour of the peace, I can't forget that. And I forgot what he did to me. That is the past. Forget about that. Look at the positive side of things. But this was a heart of forgiveness. We're sitting here in the house of Allah Ta'ala, fourteen centuries later, and we're talking about this in honor. Allah Ta'ala increases a person's izzat with forgiveness. We're sitting 1400 years later and we're still talking about this in awe. Subhanallah, what a heart. This is the heart that we started asking us to have. Ma wa abdan bi afdul illa But Imam a person comes and he slaps him in the middle of the gathering. Now, Imam of the time. Like a person comes to the Imam of the Haram, for example, and he slaps him in the middle of a gathering. He had that kind of position among the people and now he looks at the person and he says to him that you slapped me, if I slap you in return, then I am entitled to it, an eye for an eye, but I won't do that. If I want I can tell my my friends here to take revenge on my behalf. I will be entitled to that, you hurt me, I can take revenge in equal extent. I won't do that also. If I want, I can complain to the Qazi, that this is what you did, he will take an event on my behalf. I won't do that also. If I wish, I can curse you, make lalat upon you, because you have harmed me. I am entitled to take some kind of retribution. I won't do that also. And if I wish, I can leave it for the day of Tiamat. On the day of judgment, when every person that was harmed in any way in this world, he would be paid back on that day. And he would be paid back with the good deeds of those who oppressed him the good deeds of those who took away his rights. And if they don't have any good deeds, his sins will be taken and put on there. So if I want, I can leave it for that day. But then he says to him, I won't leave it for that day also. Instead, Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala gives me Jannah and if Allah Ta'ala gives me the opportunity to intercede on behalf of anyone and take them along to Jannah, I will intercede on your behalf and take you along to Jannah. Now today we are sitting and talking about this with this awe, that subhanAllah, what a heart. اللَّهُ عَبْدًا إِلَّا اللَّ <عِزَّة> This forgiveness of his on that day is still bringing him with an izzat up to this day. <coughs> but our ayah says that if I was put down, I must bring myself up by revenge. As we said, there are recoverable rights. We pursue it in a decent manner, in a proper manner, no harm in that. But all these little things, some in families, among sometimes spouses, among brothers and sisters, among extended family members, in society, these are things now we have to develop the heart to forgive and forget, and Allah will raise us in izzat return. And the last thing the Prophet says, For maa talaba billah, illa rafa'u allah azza wa Jal, the one who humbles himself for Allah, not for the sake of anything else. He is sincere in humbling himself. And this humbling ourselves is not something that is restricted to some uh, specific situation. Daily in our homes, many a times the husband is not prepared to humble himself. Neither is the wife prepared to humble herself. As a result, there are infernos burning up every other house. Sometimes children are not ready to humble themselves in front of their parents. Whereas the reason also says, Totally humble yourself in front of your parents. So because of this lack of humility, it's me, myself and I. And I will show you who I am. And do you know who you are talking to? And all these things that come out of our marks. This is a result of the lack of humility. And when that tawazu will be there, that humility will be there, the saying, "Ma illa A person who has humbled himself only for Allah, Allah. Allah with any in this world, in the hereafter as well. Allah Give us a coffee